Subscribe to the Hit That Line Podcast Network, brought to you by Breeden RV Center. Breeden RV Center, family-owned and operated, a no-pressure, laid-back atmosphere, and always home of the free maintenance for life. This podcast is powered by the pros at Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. Arkansas-owned, Arkansas-operated. GoPascal.com. You're listening to the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light, proud sponsor of Arkansas Athletics. I'm always high on the hogs, guys. <laughs> I'm high. Well, I'm not high right now, but my day is young. My odometer's way up there. I'm that 2018 that's already got 130,000 miles on it. The Razorbacks rush across the field to get that boot. Tommy Chuck and Ty, you guys are the gold standards of sports talk radio. He bleeds to Arkansas. Ty's got good hair. Let's welcome in Dane Bradshaw, ESPN SEC Network analyst. Dane, thanks for waking up for us this morning. Did you get a chance, or have you gotten a chance, to watch any of the Southern Hoops on the SEC Network to this point? Man, I have not. And every time we do one of those promos in the game, I'd love to pick back off it and talk about the last episode because I'm excited to see them. And uh, I just hadn't sat down. I'll probably binge watch it here as soon as the season's over. I'm watching uh, less film on things. Dane, it's I would really recommend part five Arkansas Razorbacks when they first entered the league last night. It was it was awesome. That was the first time that I had watched it at this point. It came out last night, but it was great. But let's talk about this game tonight. It should be a fun one. You've got two top fifteen defenses matching up. You've got some veteran guards going up against some younger guards. you got Anthony Black, Nick Smith Jr. against uh, Santiago Vescovi and Sakai Ziegler. Uh, they have struggled at points this season offensively. What are you expecting out of the veteran guards for the Vols tonight? Well, you're going to see a ton of physicality, of course, on the defensive end. That's where they're at their best. I think what could be bad news for Arkansas is that Tennessee was starting to slip a little bit in February. Some of that was their schedule. Some of it was a little bit of bad luck, and also uh, they were unhealthy. But last game against South Carolina, even though it's an inferior opponent, they got Josiah Jordan-James back. And I don't know that he's an all-conference player, but he's their glue guy. He stretches the floor for them. He can guard multiple spots and gives them another double-digit score. And what was happening for Tennessee is uh, guys like Sakai Ziegler, who's the head of the snake defensively, their, their floor general, um, he's at his best when he's giving you kind of maybe 12 and 6. He was having to take on more of a scoring load. And all of a sudden, he was taking, you know, 10 threes a game, that sort of thing. And he just wasn't as effective. But he was doing it because they were shorthanded with less offensive threats. But they're starting to get healthier. Um, they got a, a big-time freshman, Julian Phillips, who's been out with a hip flexor. He's uh, he's kind of their mismatch four man. He's a game-time decision. So that that's one to also... Um, keep an eye out for because in, in a game like this, as talented as Arkansas is, you hope your best athletes can be available if you're Tennessee. So um, be on the lookout for that game time decision of Julian Phillips. But for, for Anthony Black and, and, and Nick Smith, um, I think this will be as physical of a team uh, that they've played against and a team that took down Alabama on its home court at, or excuse me, at Thompson Bowling Arena uh, with that same sort of pedigree. Dane, is Key back tonight? I know that's another guy that ha- has battled some injuries this season. Uh, he had a uh, right ankle injury that really popped up out of nowhere, sat out. He looked really bad shoot around, and then uh, sat out the South Carolina game. So that so far they've put him and Phillips as game-time decisions. Um, they've been able to weather the storm probably a little bit more with, without Key just because of you know his inconsistency shooting the ball, but he's another guy that can get hot 
and, and be a double-digit scorer. I think they're at their best when they get five guys in double digits and, and no bona fide superstar necessarily, but they're just better as, as a group. Arkansas has not been a great road team this year, only has won at Kentucky in conference play all time. The Razorbacks have won just four times at Thompson Bowling Arena. So what has to happen? And Muss has not won. Uh, I don't think Muss. No, what Muss won there before. But anyway, point is, what has Arkansas got to do tonight to win in a place that's been tough for them historically against a team that uh, is in the top 12 in net ranking uh, or top 12 of the polls and number t- uh, three in net ranking? Yeah, I think one thing that they've got to do is is get to the free throw line. You, you know, Arkansas is typically pretty disciplined at turning down some threes and trying to score in the paint. Um, Tennessee can be prone to getting in foul trouble because they are so aggressive on the defensive end. Um, that was one way that Tennessee was not able to beat Texas A&M on the road the other night uh, because they just got dominated at the free throw line, which, which the Aggies do to a lot of teams. Um, but I, I do think Arkansas is going to have to um, – you know, make at least five to six threes. It can't be a two of 20 because Tennessee is the best three-point shooting defense team in the country. And I know that's not the bread and butter for Arkansas. But on the road, in your night, sellout crowd, most likely, you're just you're not going to be able to just only score from two and from three. You've got to make a few threes uh, to bail your offense out some a little bit. And I think that's where, you know, Nick Smith, as a three-point shooter and just, um, giving them that extra weapon that can go get a bucket on his own, create that mismatch, takes a little pressure off of guys like Black and Council. Um, and, and I'm, you know, I think down low with the Twins, Tennessee, you know, you guys have some depth down low at that spot. And Tennessee, similar. They don't have a guy that's just a standout five man. Um, they kind of rotate several in and, and play the hot hand. And so I think that could kind of be the game within the game is, is who's five man can really emerge and, and kind of get you that double-double that maybe you, you don't assume night in, night out. You mentioned watching a lot of film. As you've watched Arkansas and now with Nick Smith back, what are some of the maybe more technical differences you've seen with the Razorbacks with Nick Smith back in the lineup? Well, I, I, I like the pace um, a little bit more on the offensive end, the, the explosiveness. Um, he, he, he brings a, a great energy to that um, uh, to that side of the court very active you, you know he's hungry to play i thought um uh, you know they they didn't play their best let's see it was mississippi state i believe i was down there uh, for the call when he first came back and there you know clearly he had some rust on him um there were a couple turnovers where he and black weren't really on the same page and that that happens but it, that was a necessary evil because the ceiling is so much higher for this team nick smith on the court so you got to put him out there and so uh, i think they've done the right thing putting him in the starting lineup sooner or later getting those minutes up and um, and but this would be a, a big time road win because Tennessee uh, does does not lose at home very often. Um, they they put up a they had a really poor performance against Kentucky and Missouri made a, a miracle uh, kind of half court three against them. But uh, again on, on senior night um, with Tennessee starting to try to put February behind them where they hadn't been quite as good, but healthier at home get some shooters back in the lineup. This would be one of the more impressive road wins of the season, uh, even though Arkansas, I think, you know, toe-to-toe talent-wise can hang in there with, with Tennessee, but just a, a raucous atmosphere where it's still a lot at stake from a seeding standpoint. We're talking with former Tennessee Vol, current SEC ESPN Network analyst, Dane Bradshaw. Dane, you pray, played with a prolific scorer in Chris Lofton, and I wonder, in watching Nick play, 
how do how did he, Chris, and how have you watched Nick balance being aggressive and forcing shots? Because I know sometimes there's a fine line there. Yeah, I mean, those are some guys that can kind of get off a good shot whenever they want, and it's just trying to figure out, all right, time, score, when do I take it, when do I get others involved? I mean, less talented players like myself, like even if you gave us the green light, we, we might not be able to get off a good shot <laughs> at any <laughs> moment, but, but a guy like Nick Smith can, and so it's having that, that discipline and feel for the game. And, um, you know, if he takes an early shot, that doesn't necessarily, and he misses, it doesn't necessarily mean it was a bad look. I, I think the big thing for him in a Eric Musselman offense is, all right, how do you move the ball around or got into that pick and roll action to get the mismatch you want? It, it's not, you know, there's not a ton of set plays necessarily um, or, or a ton of motion. I mean, they, they're spacing and try to get that mismatch. And so, so knowing like, hey, I know you can take that other guard one-on-one. I know you can get one, but let's keep moving it until they maybe switch the big on you or we, you know, we get them to open up just a little bit so you can splice through the lane as opposed to just an ISO against their best defender. And that might be the toughest challenge because Tennessee has more than just one guy that can guard the ball. They can lock down. And so if they do switch at times, even if it's their small five, nine guards, the guy Ziegler or a six, six, uh, kid inside Jordan James. They can usually hold their own guarding the ball, so Nick Smith's not going to maybe have as many mismatches um, as he's accustomed to. Dane, Nick is one of the best freshmen in the country, and it's good to see him back playing. So is Brandon Miller. Arkansas saw him up close and personal on Saturday, had a great game, as he did earlier against South Carolina last week. Doesn't get SEC Freshman of the Week. I wonder, you're a guy that has conversations with different analysts, different writers, how are people going to approach Brandon Miller at the end of the season when the awards come out in regards to the situation that we've been discussing the last week? I mean, I think if you're, you're strictly judging on the court performance, he, he's the SEC player of the year. And you know, I was maybe a little surprised that he didn't get player of the week or freshman of the week or some other really good um, performances with, um, Shibway and Nick Smith, but any other week, Brandon Miller gets one of those awards. Um, and maybe they just felt from a PR standpoint, let's just, you know, before we open ourselves up to, you know, uh, reliving this, this whole controversy, let's just, uh, pass on this week. And so, um, but when it comes to the end of the year awards, I mean, you, you look at him and he's, he's the best player on the best team. Um, and clearly the, the front runner, and I'd be surprised if he doesn't get the award. And um, now, if more pieces to this puzzle off the court come out before then, that change things. I mean, that, that could change change it for Nate Oates and, and everybody and what, what happens with Brandon Miller um, being in the rotation and playing on the court. But for right now, it looks like they're going to go about their business as they have been, and I'd be surprised if he um, wasn't awarded player of the year. Dane, seems like there is a million possibilities for next week in Nashville. How do you see, or what's your your thoughts on next week's SEC tournament? A lot of teams with a lot to play for. Alabama seems to be the only one that's maybe got their destiny locked up for the NCAA tournament at this point. Yeah, honestly, I credit a lot of these teams for um, moving kind of off the bubble conversation prior to the SEC tournament. I thought we were going to have 
four, maybe five teams that were sitting there in a in a uh, win and get in scenario. But it looks looks like Kentucky, A and M, Missouri, some of those teams like that that you know seem to be safely in. You know, Auburn is one to watch for. They've got two tough games to close out the year, but they're going to be one saying, "All right, we got at least win one in the SEC tournament." Mississippi State's probably. Uh, the biggest bubble team. They're one of the last four in. Chris Jan's doing a terrific job there. So, yeah, a, a lot of storylines and and one that you just you you, you know as look Alabama's really separated themselves, but they are also are shown to be vulnerable and beatable. So I don't go into this SEC tournament like, hey, this is Alabama's to lose just because their record's been so good at conference play. So, um, yeah, it it is a wide open SEC tournament with a ton at stake. In a, in a team like Tennessee and or or y'all's team Arkansas, man, you're just trying to improve that seating as best you can. I know for Tennessee, trying not to slip into that four or five type seed in the NCAA tournament, which usually spells upset city in those five twelve type matchups. So, um, yeah, and the good news for uh, the SEC is there's so many uh, quality win opportunities in the SEC tournament. You really just try to stay out of that Wednesday matchup, which it looks like all the uh, most relevant going on from a national perspective with A&M? I know they had some tough non-conference losses, but it seems like it's only been the last couple of weeks. They've broken into the polls. Their net rankings moved up. Uh, you know, no longer are they on the bubble or next four in, last four out kind of conversation. All they've done, Dane, and listen, I hate defending Aggies, but the, the, all they've done is pretty much been the number two team in this league from the get-go in conference play. Why did it take everything so long to catch up with A&M and what they've done in SEC play? Yeah, I mean, from the eye test, from December, I guess, 28th or so, after they got back from Christmas, for two months they've been terrific, phenomenal. And there's no question they've looked every bit of a top 25 team, an NCAA tournament team. Their body of work, though, you couldn't escape or hide from in November, December. They were the biggest disappointment in the SEC and non-conference. There's really no question about it, even with... uh, uh, during this, you know, Kentucky started to lose some in conference, but just strictly non conference. A and M had the most expectations that weren't met. They lost to teams like Murray State, Colorado, Wofford. But now they came back. They got their identity. They you know exactly who they're playing. They're starting five. They've had the same starting five the entire SEC slate. They've had the same rotations and subs. Guys embraced their roles. And, um, and you look across the SEC with a lot of teams kind of, you know, Arkansas, is Nick Smith in or out? Tennessee's had guys in or out? Kentucky in or out? And, you know, Texas Stadium's just been able to be really consistent the past two months. And uh, you, you all recall last year, they got hot late, but it was a little bit too little, too late. They got snubbed at the end, whereas this year uh, they got things turned around much quicker, much faster to where there's no doubt that they're going to be in the NCAA tournament. And hats off to Buzz Williams for keeping that locker room after a really disappointing start to the year. Dane, we'll leave it there. Dane Bradshaw, SEC Network, ESPN analyst, former Tennessee volunteer, kind enough to wake up with us this morning and give us a little preview of what's to come tonight. Dane, appreciate it, man. Best of luck tonight. It's a late one there in Knoxville at 9 o'clock, so uh, make sure you get a nap in before tonight. All right. You guys have a good one. All right. Good stuff from, again, Dane Bradshaw this morning. If you missed any of that, we'll make sure to put it in our Bud Light Morning Rush podcast. All right. So you got Big Orange tonight, and then you get Big Blue on Saturday. And it's Big Blue Blood Drive Week. 
with the American Red Cross. This is going to be going on all week long as the American Red Cross wants to bring some awareness this week. And if you're healthy and eligible to donate blood, it's going to be a great week to do that. Uh, you may bleed Razorback Red, but help beat off Big Blue on the court this Saturday by donating blood at the University of Arkansas starting today through Friday from 10 till 4. You can do it on campus, save lives, and beat Kentucky off the court. Uh, to make an appointment, go to redcrossblood.org or call one 800 red cross and enter sponsor code beat big blue schedule your appointment today that's visit redcrossblood.org or 1-800 red cross and enter sponsor code beat big blue donate blood today from 10 to 4 at the union ballroom and then wednesday and thursday in the hyper gym and then on friday back at the union ballroom let's beat big blue with the american red cross 800 red cross or uh, and use that code beat big blue speaking of kentucky we'll share what Sister Jean had to say about Big Blue Nation coming up an hour or two. But, Tommy, I got to ask you this. And this is not as impactful to me because I wasn't that old in the 90s. But when you hear this, what do you think? (laughs) Think about all them days Phil Fulmer's team just beat you. They were good, man. Yeah. Manning loves, Peyton Manning loves this song. I went over there for a football game at 15. It is pretty impressive when they all start singing it together. Yeah. I do like this part. Don't run it. Who sings this again? The Ball Nation. Oh, I'm sure there's been a lot of people record this. That'll make your, uh, if you've watched a lot in the 90s, because Arkansas played Tennessee every year. They were a permanent opponent, as we know, in football in the 90s, them in South Carolina. That just made your blood boil. I mean, they, to to a degree, replaced Texas in our hearts a little bit after Did leaving they? the Southwest Conference. Just I mean, the orange comparison? Well, that, and they were really good in the 90s. There was a, without question, a um, a strength in the East with Florida and um, and Tennessee, Georgia was not the factor they are today. The West was behind because Bama wasn't Bama. But then '98, we you know we don't need to unpack all of the details of of 1998. We know what happened. That just took it to another level. You had the six overtime game there a few years after. Uh, Richard Smith caught a uh, what is it? It's like 80, an 80 yard, 80, 90 yard touchdown down. I remember, I remember <sighs> right down the the near sideline. If you're watching on TV, moving to your right. Um, you thought you were going to win that game. Arkansas have been through a few overtime games. That was that was brutal and bitter. You just couldn't get around those guys. And, um, yeah, I mean, Tennessee was more so in football than basketball, the reason you just okay. didn't like those guys. I remember, so there's the games that you listed. 0-1, where you should have won an OT. Matt throws it to Richard on the sidelines like you're talking about. 98, of course, you beat him in 99. I mean, 06, they came in here college game day, and you and you didn't have Eric. They didn't have Eric Ainge. Eric Ainge got injured. They're starting they weren't quarterback. the Tennessee of the 90s in yeah. 06. And the Crompton, Crompton came in as their backup quarterback. They're still ranked. They're they thir- I think 13 in the country, but there good. was a, a little bit of a difference. I was talking with former Ragerback J.J. Menders yesterday and their transition to the league when he came there talking about him coming in 92 and they just they couldn't compete and then of course they beat Bama in 95 and were able to get to that SEC championship and go to according to plan against Florida but it's just a it's a little transition when you join this league initially they were the original of the 100,000 seat stadiums 
Mm-hmm. It wasn't week in, week out in the SEC. You went and played in front of 95,000 plus. And now it seems like every week you go play somewhere and it's 92, 95, 100 and something thousand. Uh, Neyland Stadium was the original of the big houses in the SEC. So that was also unique. You'd go over there and play in front of 100,000 people. That was not something you did very often. Mm-hmm. JT Hot Springs, we can't repeat his rendition of Rocky Top. It's got a few curse words in there this morning, but I know I have heard Arkansas fans seen the uh, seen it the way that... The J- alternate version? Yeah, the alternate version. That, like Garth uh, Brooks' uh, fourth verse, you know, Friends in yeah. Low Places. And yeah. Also, uh, Sweet Home Alabama, when you yeah. add in your own lyrics on the yeah. on Litter Skinner's uh, version of that. But yeah, it's... It's always uh, it's always entertaining when you have different fight songs that different SEC opponents sing, and how the opposing teams will add in little mm-hmm. their own edits, if you will, on that. But you got a good one tonight in Knoxville again. Uh, Thompson Bowling is there's only two arenas in the conference that are bigger than you, Rupp and Thompson Bowling. There's the only two it, 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 comparatively to Bud Walton. Now I still think Bud Walton, as someone that's been to Rupp, now I haven't been to Thompson Bowling. I would like to at some point in time. I I still think Bud Walton is the the king of the castle when it comes to most intimidating venues tonight. But this is, I mean, senior night, Tennessee trying to kind of get back on track before Nashville. This is, they're walking into the Lions' den tonight. And listen, their their men's program is very good, but they built Thompson Bowling for the women's program. Mm -hmm. I mean, Pat Summit's the reason that's 21,000 seats. And when they're good, they fill it up. And tonight's going to be a tough night to go win on the road. But the thing I like is the Razorbacks seem to rise to the level of their opponent. Sometimes they've dipped to the level of their opponent as yeah. well, but um, you, you saw it Saturday. I know they lost at Bama, but they played to Bama's level. I think they'll play to Tennessee's level tonight, and I think Tennessee is clearly more beatable than Alabama at this point. Yeah, I would I would 100% agree on that. The Vols have difficulty scoring at times. We heard Dane talk about some injury guys that might come back into the fold. Something to keep an eye on if you hear an announcement either on social media or if you're listening to Chuck and Z or you're watching it on ESPN2 with Carl Ravitch and Jimmy Dykes is the status of certain Tennessee players that we don't know 100%. Again, it's Key and Phillips. They got Josiah Jordan-James back. He had a really good game against the Gamecocks on Saturday. But those other two guys, I think they're both guards if I remember that correct if they aren't back this is a more beatable team tonight than they would be if both those guys and since they're playing arkansas yeah i'm gonna guess that they're gonna be back tonight because that's how it always <laughs> seems to go it's always the the, the misfortune yeah so. Hey, it's Phil Elson. From all these years watching baseball, I've grown accustomed to watching closers in their element. James Teague isn't closing innings anymore. He's closing cases. With almost 30 years in the business, Teague Law Firm is a general practice firm that can help you with most family law issues, divorce, custody, and child support. They can also help with criminal law, both felonies and misdemeanors. Call James and the Teague Law Firm at 479-531-2785. 531-2785. Online at teague-law.com. The Teague Law Firm. If they can't help you, they'll talk baseball. Bet Online remains your number one source for all your sports betting this season. Everything from the NFL and bowl season to esports. You'll find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at Bet Online. Bet Online features live betting, free contests, and live scores for almost any sport or game imaginable. We're the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite leagues and events. Head to betonline.ag to join and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Make sure to use the promo code BELIEVE to receive your rewards. That's B-L-E-A-V. 
Bet online where the game starts. You're listening to the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light, proud sponsor of Arkansas Athletics. All right, let's dive into it. There has not been, I don't think we've done a one of these where Alabama hadn't been at the top of the pyramid. And it doesn't appear that anyone's going to knock them off. Uh, they got a, they're, they're clear by two games in the SEC at 15-1. and one. Texas A&M is at 13-3. and three. Uh, Is there any scenario where Alabama's not the king of the castle? I gotta go, Top of the heap? I got to go O for this week. And A&M's, uh, A&M does close out in College Station with the Crimson Tide. But What if Bama beats Auburn tomorrow and then loses to A&M? Could, and, and A&M has a 2-0 week. I'd be, I'd still be behind them. Still be behind them, but mm-hmm. but what would you say that Bama should fall behind A and M? No, even under that scenario, no, you beat them at home. Now, if you beat them on the road, maybe you could argue that. But you beat them at home at College Station, you had lost there all year. We'll I, see how they get. What if A and M just just stomps them, beats them twenty on Saturday? Bama's mailed it. Treats in. them like Oklahoma did. Bama's mailed it in because they know they're going to mm. be a one seed. That's I think, I, I think that thought. would be the scenario, the only scenario where I could even. With a one-game less SEC record, put A&M ahead. I don't think that's going to play off. So Alabama's still at the top. They're 25-4. and four. They've won, or they have lost one SEC game against 15 wins. Beat South Carolina and, of course, the Razorbacks on Saturday. They got Auburn tomorrow night, A&M on Saturday. Second tier of the Pradco Pyramid of Power, Texas A&M. They've held that spot for a while now. Them and Tennessee went back and forth. They beat Tennessee. And they lost at Mississippi State. That's going to stick in their crawl a while. Uh, that really took them out of the SEC regular season championship bids. That, that took the pressure off of Alabama for sure. 13-3 and three now for A&M after the loss to Mississippi State. They get a net ranking of 27. They're solidly in the tournament at this point. Uh, in fact, I would say a lock. They uh, play at Ole Miss tonight. And then, of course, Bama, as we mentioned a second ago, on Saturday. I've moved Kentucky ahead of Tennessee at this point. I know what the records are. Kentucky's 20 and 9. They get in the poll this week at 23. They're 11 and 5 in league play, which uh, is a game better than Tennessee, by the way. Beat them twice. They were one of three 2 and 0 teams last week in the SEC, beating Auburn and beating Florida. Beating Florida's not what it once meant. Not that it was the greatest feat in uh, in the SEC, but without Castleton, beating Florida right now is just not what it was, you know, five games ago. So Kentucky gets Vanderbilt tomorrow, and then of course the Razorbacks. On Saturday, their net ranking is 20. So I've got Bam at the top. We've moved Tennessee off the second line. We've got A&M and Kentucky. Have I made a mistake here by not having Tennessee on the second level no. of the Pradco Pyramid of Power? Less SEC record, lost to Kentucky twice. No pushback for me. I uh, I wish Bruce was here. He I don't know if he would, would Bruce agree or disagree as a staunch Tennessee fan. He might point to the fact that Tennessee has some better non-conference wins, but if you look at how they played lately, there's really no argument there. And that's where I'm at. You know what the record is in February so far? Did you say three and five? Three and five. Yeah. They've, they've only won uh, three of eight games so far this month. Get the Razorbacks tonight. Their net ranking holds solid at three. I, I really don't understand some of the intricacies of net ranking when you can sometimes win and go down, depending on who you're playing, and sometimes lose and not move. Uh, and I know there's a body of work here at this point, but... Sometimes things don't quite match up, at least in, in my logic. Tennessee, 21-8, and 10-6 and six in the league. They're the first team on the third tier of the Pradco Pyramid of Power. Arkansas tonight and then at Auburn. So not an easy closing week with a road game to Auburn on Saturday for the Volunteers. The Razorbacks are my next team. 
And I know their record is not what Missouri's is. It's not what Vanderbilt's is in SEC play. In fact, Arkansas doesn't even have their 20th win. But who's scarier right now with Nick Smith back, uh, with the way the Razorbacks have been playing, the way they go toe-to-toe, and I expect nothing less tonight, whether they win or lose. They're not going to get blown out of Tennessee, in my estimate. Uh, the way they play with the best teams in the league, you think you think Missouri or Vanderbilt or any of those teams that would kind of be uh, Auburn would be next in line? You think they would be wanting a piece of the Razorbacks right now? They're a scary mm-hmm. team. I, I believe that's not just Homer talk, but the Razorbacks are amongst, in my opinion, you know, the best six teams in this league. So I got Arkansas in the middle of the bottom tier at eight and eight. They beat Georgia, of course, lost to Bama, Tennessee tonight, Kentucky on Saturday. There's not a tougher closing week than the Razorbacks have, and their net rankings at 14 this morning. So uh, you got 14 versus three in net ranking tonight uh, in Knoxville. So the last spot, that's where we can really maybe argue some more. I don't think we'll get a lot of pushback from Razorback fans, whether Arkansas belongs in there. Who would your candidates be for the last spot? you got Missouri. Yep. You've got Vanderbilt. Mm-hmm. Who's the other team? Probably Auburn. Auburn. Those are the three I consider. Make a case for, for one of them. The only one I can make a case for really is Missouri. That's I who I went with. They, they they had a 2-0 week, one of three teams that went 2-0 last week. Kentucky, Alabama, Missouri didn't lose the game in conference play last week. They're 9-7. They are a game better than the Razorbacks. They're 21-8. They beat Mississippi State and beat Georgia. Not the most impressive week. We'll find out a little bit more, you know, if they can close it out. They get LSU, who won a game uh, last week, what, against Vanderbilt, and then, um, uh, then they get Ole Miss. So... Not the toughest closing stretch. They ought to have a good chance to get to 11 wins in FCC play. It might be the reason the Razorbacks can't move up in the seating. Yeah. So I got Missouri in there. Their net ranking is 49 this morning. Mathematically, Arkansas could reach as high as 5th in league standings and as low as 10th. So you're in, in, in list, my best estimation, you can't play Wednesday, but you can move in a variety of spots here at 8th right now. Yeah, so... Bama at the top, A&M and Kentucky in level two of the Pyramid of Power, then Tennessee, Arkansas, and Missouri. I just would, out would be Vanderbilt and Auburn. I me. would just flip Arkansas, Missouri, have Mizzou at the five spot, and it pains me to say that, but I would probably that's the only thing I have issue with is just switch those two. And the difference to me was was head-to-head. They, they split, right? And then yep. um, the net ranking for the Razorbacks is considerably mm-hmm. higher. And with Nick Smith back, I mean, some of this is how you've been playing, but it's also projecting what the next week holds. Yep. And I think right now, if Arkansas and Missouri played, let's just say they play Thursday in the SEC tournament, anyone not like Arkansas over Missouri at this point? You like your chances. That's the new theme of this show. Who you would like, be favored like in that chances. game? Probably Arkansas. So that's why, that's why Arkansas mm-hmm. gets the, the nudge for me. I was surprised that Tennessee, again, is a seven-and-a-half point favorite tonight. That was a little jarring to me that it was that big. Tennessee is not a team that necessarily blows out other opponents because uh, while they're really good defensively, their offensive times, maybe it's because they're getting certain guys back tonight. Maybe that's what I need to look at. So we're uh, just over a week away from the SEC tournament beginning. Pick a, pick a champion right now. If you had to guess one of, I guess, 14 teams, but I don't think... I mean, the, the cop-out answer deep. is Kentucky. Lexington floods Nashville every single year if Kentucky's good. I would probably say the way the Wildcats are playing that... If I'm not going to pick Alabama, I'm going to pick Kentucky. So I'll go Wildcats, unfortunately. I think Arkansas probably gets to Saturday like they have the past two years. Now, the last two years, they played Friday, Friday, and then they played Saturday. They'll have to play on Thursday this time around. But I think a good chance that Arkansas gets to Saturday again and gets 
uh, bounce in the semis. Who would get the most bump? Who who needs to win this thing? I'm not talking about a team that's outside of the field now. I'm talking about amongst the six or seven top teams in this league. Who who would get the most out of winning that tournament? Right, Tennessee. That's I mean, that, that. You're reading my mind. Tennessee that's, has a great net ranking. They've got some great non-conference wins. They've slipped up as conference play, as you said, three and five in February. They're projected as a four seed right now. Mm-hmm. That's why I went with Tennessee, and that question is, I think they could probably move up a line, maybe two. Yeah, with a with a strong close in the SEC tournament and a tournament championship. It's a shame that they're gonna have to wait to get started till Saturday because they ain't winning tonight. Don't think they can win. Uh, let's see who else they got. They got Auburn. You don't think they can beat Auburn? No, I'm saying they ain't winning tonight. Oh, okay. They'll have to start the streak on Saturday because oh, okay. they ain't winning tonight. I got you. I got you. Sorry, Craig and Deer. Sorry, Bruce. They ain't winning tonight. Like our, I mean, well, okay, tell me why, because Arkansas, real quick, Arkansas's road record has not been stellar. Exactly. I don't think that they'll have enough offense to compete with Arkansas, to be honest. Right. I hope Nick goes off. I, I, Nick needs to, and I was asking Dan Bradshaw about this, Nick needs to find the balance of forcing shots and still be aggressive. That's a very fine line at times, but I think he's really going to get in his niche tonight because you saw it at points of the Bama game. I think he goes off tonight. Introducing Your Choice Tuesday at Buffalo Wild Wings. Buy one, get one 50% off on our traditional wings on Tuesdays. Then the best thing about Thursday at Buffalo Wild Wings is buy one, get one free on our boneless wings. Both offers are now available for dining and carryout. Some exclusions apply. Visit your Buffalo Wild Wings in Bryant, Little Rock, Sherwood, Conway, Fort Smith, and in Jonesboro. Buffalo Wild Wings. Roar! Chuck Barrett here. I know a thing or two about making great calls in Arkansas. And when it comes to your home service needs, make the call to Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. The friendly pros at Pascal have been serving Arkansas for more than 50 years. And as the weather changes, make sure your system is ready with a Pascal protection plan. Call the pros at Pascal and get a seasonal tune-up, discounted services, and priority scheduling. Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. Arkansas owned. Arkansas operated. GoPascal.com. At Joshua's Fine Jewelry, we specialize in getting you exactly what you want. Custom jewelry, professional repairs. We can even fix eyeglasses and other small trinkets. Now we offer services with a new laser engraving slash cutting machine. We can mark any shape or design you need. Company logos, fingerprints, religious symbols, even actual pictures can be engraved or just cut out into shape and preserved in metal forever. We can also engrave on other materials, glass, wood, plastic, just ask. You can get what you want without settling for less. We can take any design or picture and turn it into a forever keepsake. Come see Nathan and let him tell you all the details. You can get exactly what you want at Joshua's Fine Jewelry in beautiful downtown Russellville. Core Jewelry! You're listening to the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light, proud sponsor of Arkansas Athletics. Nick Smith Jr. wins SEC Freshman of the Week after averaging 25-4 and against Georgia and Alabama. Had 26 against the Bulldogs. Shot 64%, including 5 of 8 from 3. I know some Alabama fans were up in arms that Brandon Miller did not win the award after averaging 33-7 and this past week. Shut Tommy, up. Be quiet. I'm okay with you saying that because I think a lot of Arkansas fans, a lot of SEC fans feel that same way when it comes to anybody that's not an Alabama fan is saying that yeah it's a pretty consensus across the board Arkansas on the bet Saracen app opens as a seven and a half point underdog 
right now. That is, uh, I thought, a little large, to be quite honest. I thought that was too many points. Well, did you unwind the rubber band? Did you get after it? Ah, I bet a grand on it last There you night. go. Atta boy. <laughs> Where are you going to spend all the money? I don't know, man. I'm hammer the, hammer the hogs, bet the money line, and bet them to cover as well. We'll have to wait and see on that. Uh, Razor, Razorback Foundation and season ticket renewals. Uh, final day on that is tomorrow. Tom, you've already done it. I'm going to do it at some point today or tomorrow. Get that taken care of. Let's see what else we got. Uh, women's golf's playing at the Darius Rucker Intercollegiate. You ever been to Hilton Head Island, no, South Carolina? No, that, that's on my list of places to go. It's on my wife's list of places she'd like to go is Hilton Head. So Lawn, a lot of great golf out there. Lawn Cove Club. Mark it down for where you can get some 18 in when you guys go out to Hilton Head. Yeah, what, what, uh, the uh, Baytown course or something is where they play the, the tournament there. So, I mean, there's a PGA stop there. So, looks like... Uh, Looks like a terrible place to waste a week. Yeah, so. we're gonna we're going to Charleston in August, and I know we're gonna play golf at some point in time. And uh, I'm, I'm I'm assuming there's probably a good golf course or two in Charleston that area. There's so many. I mean, out there, there's so many. Now, Myrtle Beach I mean, is the mecca. Okay, I've been there a few times, and yeah, there's you can't you can't swing a dead cat and not hit a golf course <laughs> out there. All right, what else we got? Oh, last thing here in your hog update. We played the Rob Doster Field of 68 clip talking about Eric Mossman. Jeff Goodman, who a lot of you like, a lot of you dislike, he's very polarizing in this area of the state. Here's what he had to say when he was talking about Arkansas versus Kentucky's chances and the differences in coaches. I'll go Arkansas. You know why? why what do you think my reason is going to be? They got studs and guards. Yep. They got the better coach. That's what Fair I know. Fair they enough. Got the better, they got the better coach. Tell me the lie. Is that a lie for Goodman to say that, that Eric Musselman is a better coach than John Calipari at this point in time? And you look at the track record, last couple of years, head-to-head, everything going on. If you want to measure careers, you can't say that. If yeah. you want to measure right now, absolutely you can make that case. He's, he's utilizing the transfer portal better over the last three years than probably Calipari has. He's been more consistent. Heck, he's just been in the tournament and winning games. So, yeah, I mean, if you just want to look at results, then all that really matters is what you do in March. Mm-hmm. When we can talk about winning regular season titles and conference tournament titles and all that's for, why do we call Rick Barnes regular season Rick? Because he has no postseason record to really put on the resume that you can point to and say, hey, you know, this is, this is why he's a championship coach. So, um, yeah, I mean, absolutely, in the last three years, you can make that case. And I don't really think it's much of an argument. It's hard to dispute that. That is going to do it for your hog update. It's brought to you by Mr. Sparky. You don't have to put up with any malarkey. Call 888-8-SPARKY. So according to Christian's research, the stat that Danny Russellville gave about Abe Lincoln is Mm -hmm. correct. That he won like over 200 wrestling matches and only lost one in Oklahoma. Who was the one he lost to? And don't tell me Booth. Yeah, I know we already got a couple yeah. John Wilkes Booth texts yeah. this morning. Too soon. Still too soon. 1,800 yeah. still too soon. <laughs> ah, I, I don't know. that. I guess that person's probably or was pretty proud of himself when he beat the eventual president mm-hmm. of the United States. Now, at the time, he probably had no idea that Abe Lincoln was going to be the president of the United States. But either way, you could at least say that I out-wrestled. Yeah. What, what, did, what, did Bush, what did Bush compete in at Yale? Well, Baseball a, guy, wasn't he? Which, which what, Bush, by the way? Younger one. Yeah. W. What, I think he might have been a cheerleader, wasn't he? I was thinking he was all, it was a sport. Oh, all not. I know is he, 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 he zipped that fastball in there uh, at Yankee Stadium that night. I would have been 
nervous as all get out. I don't with know. a Kevlar jacket on. So. Who did better, Clay Henry or George W. Bush? I think we'd have to go with Bush. Bush, yeah, just by a little bit. Clay, I, I'll, I'll give credit to this. Clay didn't hop it. He, uh, yeah. he found it. I think he was a little closer on the uh, Bush because Bush got right up there to the mound because mm-hmm. what Jeter told him before put, he's put like, on the rubber. Yeah, he goes, yeah, Yankee fans will boo you if you can, <laughs> if you step up too close, which I, I thought was pretty entertaining on that. Oh man, that was uh, that was quite a moment back in two thousand one. Chris says Bush was the cheerleader. Yeah. Okay, all right, that's what I thought. Couldn't remember. He could throw a baseball. At least he did one time, one night. That's all I know. Yeah, uh, Tommy, it's National Public Sleeping Day. What is the weirdest public place sleeping day that you've ever fallen asleep in public? Weirdest. I I, I always fall asleep in doctors' offices and uh, car repair places. I and mm. I can't fall asleep on airplanes for whatever reason. Just can't Too much do it, noise. I guess. I mean, I think I feel like it's all the usual stuff, you know. Fall asleep in church. <laughs> I've done that before. Fall asleep in class. Pops was not happy. You know, at me. I, feel, I mean, I pulled over like in a rest stop and slept, but that's what it's called a rest stop for a reason. I always feel weird when you're sleep. I don't know. I don't. I don't. I can't think of anywhere weird. I've fallen asleep. Church seems to be weird because you shouldn't be falling asleep yeah. in church. That would but be, it happens. That would be mine. Movie theater B says, yeah, that anybody, I've done that before where it's a movie. I'm not, I got drugged too. Yeah, I've, I've, I've fallen asleep in a movie. One of our coworkers, Matt, was telling me over the weekend he had to watch Frozen for the 67th time. That's not, a, <laughs> that's not in public. But I would guess over the years when the kids or your kiddos were younger, you would fall asleep during certain movies that they made mm-hmm. you watch over and over. What was the movie you had to watch over and over in your household that, you just Or with get Taylor when she was young. Uh, Lion King would have been one. Great movie. Uh, that would probably have been the number one. And then, uh, oh, what was the one with, uh, you know, it tells the story of Pocahontas. Uh, Pocahontas. I, is that it? Yeah. Is that the name of Pocahontas? Yeah, that would be the other one. We watched those two over and over and over and over. I could deal with Lion King, Pocahontas, eh, whatever. I've, uh, Peter Pan was the movie I enjoyed the most growing up. I just thought that was so cool. A kid could fly. I wanted to, I wanted to fly when I was a kid, and I still want to now. If I could have one superpower of all the <laughs> ones to list, it would be fly. What would you, you? It feels like yours would be read minds. No, I want to be able to to, to pick games and, and I, I want like the Biff the the Biff Henderson. Well, not Biff Henderson. Uh, what was Biff's name? Biff's last name. Uh, anyway, I want I want that that almanac. Uh, that that's the power I want to have is to be able to look at a line or a spread and know the winner. Good old Back to the Future. I haven't yeah. seen those that trilogy in quite some time. That's a great, great movie. Speaking of uh, remakes, Tommy, did you see Top Gun 2 that Tom Cruise cried when he uh, saw Val Kilmer again for the first time in however many years? And no, mm. I know Kilmer was dealing with a variety of things. Like in the movie, you obviously... How they work that out in the script is pretty incredible, isn't it? Unbelievable. Yeah. That was a great remake. I, I can't usually say that about remakes. They did a great job with that. At Joshua's Fine Jewelry, we specialize in getting you exactly what you want. Custom jewelry, professional repairs. We can even fix eyeglasses and other small trinkets. Now we offer services with a new laser engraving slash cutting machine. We can mark any shape or design you need. Company logos, fingerprints, religious symbols, even actual pictures can be engraved or just cut out into shape and preserved in metal forever. We can also engrave on other materials, glass, wood, plastic. Just ask. 
you can get what you want without settling for less. We can take any design or picture and turn it into a forever keepsake. Come see Nathan and let him tell you all the details. You can get exactly what you want at Joshua's Fine Jewelry in beautiful downtown Russellville. Core Jewelry! Have you tried Benville Brewing's new Space Goose Hazy India Pale Ale? It's handcrafted in Arkansas. You'll taste the great tropical citrus, including the passion fruit, the guava, and pineapple. It's creamy, zingy, and zows the taste buds. It's weird, wonderful, and wacky all at the same time. Try the new Space Goose Hazy India Pale Ale from Benville Brewing. We always enjoy our conversations with Tom Murphy, who now joins us. Tom, welcome in as always. Tommy asked me a good question earlier. The Razorbacks win tonight. Are they a lock for the NCAA tournament? I said yes. Do you agree? Oh, wholeheartedly agree. In fact, at, at net ranking number 14, um, and this game is probably not going to move it very much whatsoever, and then they host the hot Kentucky team, which is number 20 in the net ranking. Um the only thing I would worry about was a blowout today, lose to Kentucky, and lose in their first game in the SEC tournament. Then I'd be a little nervous. Uh, but I think they're going to play a very – I told you guys um, on Thursday that I felt Arkansas was going to have a fine game plan for Alabama. They were going to be in the game, and they were, and really had a shot to win it. Mm-hmm. And so, um, I mean, I'm not going to dismiss out of hand, don't worry about this, but – I, I just think they're going to play a good game tonight, whether they win or lose. Um, Nick Smith coming back, you, you just feel like they're kind of starting getting their roles. If they can go through, if they can avoid going through a big lull, um, like they did in the you know the five six minute stretch against Bama, then I think they're going to give themselves a chance to win. And same thing in the Kentucky game. Here's where I'm coming from. I don't like. Going to Selection Sunday with an 8-10 and 10 conference record. That makes me a little bit nervous. And maybe you can go to Nashville and overcome that, but Tom, a win tonight obviously punches your, your resume one more notch on a road win and a quality road win, but it also ensures you can't be below 500 in the league. And that's what worries yeah. me. If you have an 0-2 week, your conference record's 8-10. and 10. I, you know, I don't know how many got in last year with losing conference records. I'm sure there are some. They, maybe they didn't have net rankings at 14, but I just know that's one thing they can't hold over your head is if you have a below 500 record. Exactly. And, and I know what you're saying, and that was kind of my thought like two or three weeks ago, but their net ranking kept going up. And um, when I hear that the Big 12 has all these bubble teams, and like a week ago Texas Tech was being thought of as creeping back into the conversation, there's some Big 12 teams that – I, we're like five and ten, maybe, or six and nine. That they thought, like I think West Virginia's in that mix, and there's several teams that were well below five hundred in the Big Twelve that they thought are going to make the tournament. And so, if that's the case with a league like the Big Twelve, which you know they won the the Big Twelve SEC Challenge, then why can't that be the same case um, in the SEC, where Arkansas's taking on a really strong schedule? You know they're going to take into account the injury situation when you lose Trevin Brazil, when you lose Nick Smith for 19 games. I, I, I just don't see how they, they fall that far in the net rankings. And, and, in fact, if they're in the, late, um, the low 20s, 
when this thing is all over uh, and they didn't make it, they'd be one of the biggest snubs out there because their net ranking is so good. Tom, there's a difference between competing for an NCAA tournament spot and competing for a national championship. In my mind, there's only three teams that can do it. Alabama, Kentucky, and if Arkansas gets really, really hot. Who do you think could actually, from this conference, end up in Houston, Texas at the Final Four? Well, that's a good question. I mean, Alabama clearly, uh, you know, when you look at all the weapons they have, inside, outside, they have guards who penetrate and put pressure on you. And Arkansas... Sidebar here, Arkansas did a fantastic job of making their three-pointers a lot tougher, and that, thus they went three for 22. But what you give up, and, and Eric Musselman was quite, you know, uh, out, just honest about this, you can't do both. You can't really be tough on the three-point and then keep them from driving into the lane. But they blocked a lot of shots, but you have to give Quinterly and Sears credit. In the second half, those guys got by their man and put pressure um, on the, the big men, and, and instead of dishing, they went to the hole a lot. And I can't count the number of high off the, the backboard layups Quinterly and, and Sears combined for. And Sears drew a lot of fouls, too, but that's what makes Alabama so tough. But to get back to your question, yeah, um, I, some people would throw Tennessee in that mix. They're the number three team in the net rankings. Uh, they, in my view, they have some offensive um, flaws that they'll have to overcome. And they'll have to out defend people in the tournament. And I'm sure Dane Bradshaw was a really good listen with you guys. I saw he was on the show earlier today. I bet he had some astute points for this game. Yeah, he talked about certain guys that have been injured for the Vols that are game time decisions for tonight. Josiah Jordan James will be playing tonight. He's one of the linchpins for that Tennessee team. And the reason I didn't include Tennessee, Tom, is because of the nickname, regular season Rick. He has not gotten what many believe over the hump or gotten to where his teams have played regular season. Why Why do you think that stigma has stayed with him, and why do you think Barnes hasn't gotten past what many believe are expectations in the postseason? Yeah, you know, Ty, that, that is a great question. Um, and I know that the Durant team with Texas might have been one of the deepest runs they've made. Was that a Sweet 16 team? Um, I don't have the entire Rick Barnes, you know, chronology laid out in front of me, but uh, when you think about Clemson, Providence, Texas, Tennessee, um, he's had some good teams, and he, obviously he's a good coach. I mean, they're recruiting at a nice level at Tennessee. So I don't know what factors play into uh, their tournament losses. I know they were upset a couple years ago. I cannot remember. Iowa, I want to say it was a Big Ten team that beat them. Purdue or somebody was a little bit of a stunning shocker to me, but – um, who knows, one of these years they'll probably put together a run. But, I mean, you contrast that to Eric Musselman, who, had, who now has a short um, data set of NCAA tournaments, but has really excelled in them. Um, and you, you think about him and you think, you know, when do they make a Final Four run? And that's what makes them so dangerous. They could be an eight seed, and the number one, if they win the 8-9 game, the number one would not like that matchup simply because of how dangerous they can be. If they were a really strong three-point shooting team, um, uh, this Arkansas team could be a real hazard for somebody in the NCAA tournament. You know, I think this is a year we'd all say there's not a predominant number one in the country. Some would say Houston. Some would say Bama. Uh, if you're out west, maybe UCLA would be an answer. Uh, what, what, should the, what should the tournament committee value this year when putting these 
68 teams together, Tom. What, what do you think their, their data points or uh, the criteria they'll look at that they'll value the most this year? Well, that's a fine question um, and has a lot of answers in my view. Um, obviously, I mean, overview, they want to try to keep the, the highest rated teams protected somewhat in their, you know, in their regions. Uh, so what do you do with Houston and Alabama? You know, you split them apart. You got, um, um, yeah, UCLA is a potential. Uh, Purdue has dropped off a little bit, but, you know, Kansas is coming yeah. up. They had some losses that really made me scratch my head. But yet, I keep seeing them on a one line. So they'll probably be, you know, a number one somewhere. Um, but I, I think it's a little more open. You know, um, Houston just doesn't have quite the the uh, recent history to say they're going to power through. But they have a great team, and Reggie Chaney is still on that team. But um, I'm, I'm not sure the answer, other than I think um, I think there's multiple teams. They wind up win- They could wind up winning it all. Tom Murphy with this here, Arkansas Democrat Gazette and Whole Hog Sports. Tom, have you got a chance to watch any of the Southern Hoops parts yet on the SEC Network? Man, I have caught it in really small doses, like catching it in the middle of shows. But I happened to catch the Kentucky one. I, mean, I don't know if it's all part of one show or not, but I've seen the Adolph Rupp yeah. segment of it a little bit. And, you know, I was somewhat familiar – Years ago, when John Pelfrey was hired at South Alabama, and I was working for the Mobile Register, I went to Paintsville, Kentucky, and I talked to his parents. I was in their home, did a nice feature on him, and I got a really good sense of what it meant, you know, to the Kentucky fans, the, the history of that game, and the, how they cherished the the, um, the the nickname teams, Rupp's runs, and so on. And uh, I want to get, I want to watch the whole thing. I'm sure it's been fascinating, right? If you're a historian and you like the history and, you know, part one starts all the way back in 1930 with Adolph Rupp coming to Kentucky and basically establishing that program, I thought one of the neater uh, points of history is how uh, Paul Bear Bryant called Adolph Rupp, got the recommendation for C.M. Newton, who was coaching there (laughs) in, in the state of Kentucky, uh, at a very small school, and that's how he ended up at Alabama and established that program. So I've, there's a lot of, of of history from the you know from the 30s and beyond, and a, and a lot of it in the 50s and 60s that you know is before my time. That uh, I think just some really good context and background about you know what makes this league what it is today, Tom. Yeah, uh, I'm sure it's really great viewing, and I will I will try to catch it. You know, maybe I could just record that thing. Thanks yeah. for reminding me. I might walk in and find the next showing and just record it. Yeah, record the whole series. It so. was uh, it was definitely good. So, Tom, when you look at this week for Arkansas, two top twenty five quad opponents, one on the road, one at home, and a bit, and a chance to get above five hundred in, in conference play. What what is your confidence confidence level based on what you've seen with this team that they have a chance to go two and zero this week? Ooh, it's hard to put a number on it. I mean, certainly there's a chance. Uh, the close calls they've had on the road. I mean, Missouri went into Kentucky, uh, Tennessee, and won. Uh, they shoot the three really well, and I think they did in that game. Um, Arkansas is going to have to defend at a high level. They have to rebound with Tennessee, and you know Kentucky is going to come in here laying for Arkansas after what uh, the Razorbacks did uh, at Rupp a few weeks ago. We know the Wildcats are playing a whole lot better since then, uh, a lot more confidence. Um, Arkansas did some game things in that game that really ha- had Kentucky down. 
Um, but that will be a, a very lively game, I'm certain. Um, and so, you know, I think anything between 2-0 and 0-2 and and is very achievable in, in any combination. Tom, let's talk a little baseball because the uh, the Razorbacks went 2-3 of three over the weekend with Eastern Illinois. They got a midweek game on Wednesday. I got Wright State and Illinois State coming up. Uh, what was your thoughts on this last weekend as uh, the Hogs had their first three-game stand uh, at Baum Walker? Yeah, it looks like the middle of the order, um, Wegner, Borfin, uh, and Slavin and Josenberger setting the table have been pretty hot, and they scored double-digit runs those first two games, and they had a nice lead. And lo and behold, and you could tell Eastern Illinois had some quality hitters, the two, three, four holes, all good hitters, um, and then Gober hits two home runs on Sunday. Um, and much like Will McIntyre had to find his arm slot um, on Saturday, I think guys like Zach Morris and Adcock, they need to, you know, get to the, get their mechanics right and and then find some confidence because Arkansas is going to need them. I mean, the post game, you heard Dave Van Horn talking about how we trust about four or five pitchers. I mean, you got to get a lot deeper than that. And some of the freshmen, like Gage Wood, who really impressed them, have not gotten out to great starts. And so some of those guys have got to find their way. And they talked about how deep their pitching staff is going to be. Well, they've got to start showing that. Otherwise, I mean, I do believe the run production will come back. Stovall jamming his finger didn't didn't help. And it looks like he came back. And, you know, he might not be completely comfortable the way he's holding the bat. But, uh, you know, they're going to find a way. That's what Dave Van Horn teams do. Uh, I plan to talk to Steve Holm, the Illinois State coach, here in just a little while. So you'll read some of his quotes tomorrow about the Illinois State game. Of course, everyone should remember Illinois State opened the season here last year with a three to two win, really held them down, and it was the first season opening loss in, since like '94. So you know, uh, Dave Van Horn is going to be uh, pointing that out to the team, I'm sure. I'd forgotten about that. Well, Tom, we appreciate that last little tidbit as we wrap you up this morning. Again, you can find that in the latest edition of Whole Hog Sports in the Arkansas Democrat Gazette. Tom, appreciate it as always. We'll see what happens tonight in Knoxville. Thanks, guys. This podcast has been presented by Bet Online. This podcast is an exclusive property of Pearson Broadcasting. It may not be copied, reproduced, modified, published, uploaded, reposted, transmitted, or distributed in any way without Pearson Broadcasting's prior written consent. Subscribe to the Hit That Line Podcast Network, the best podcast in the natty state. Just search Hit That Line wherever you listen to podcasts. Brought to you by Breeden RV Center. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.